Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, today it's time for another episode of Easy Money. Uh, this is the 12th episode of the series, aired five weeks after last week's program. Uh, and here the show kind of branches out from strictly uh, gambling uh, cons into other rackets. So uh, here now from uh, December the 19th of 1954 is The Gym Switch. In just a moment, easy money. But first, not everybody can visit Carnegie Hall in New York, the home of great music. But NBC's Monday night musical favorite, The Telephone Hour, solves that problem by bringing Carnegie Hall to you. Yes, each Monday evening you'll hear a 30-minute concert direct from the stage of famous Carnegie Hall with Donald Voorhees conducting the Telephone Hour Orchestra. And tomorrow night, the guest soloist on the Telephone Hour is the world-renowned mezzo-soprano of the Metropolitan Opera, Blanche Tebohm. It's a part of your Monday evening of music, listening at its very best. So be on hand for the telephone hour with Blanche T-Bohm tomorrow night. Now, stay tuned for Easy Money on NBC. National Broadcasting Company presents a new series of programs transcribed to expose the inside secrets of gamblers, racketeers, and con men. It's called Easy Money. Easy Money? There's no such thing as Easy Money. Mike Trent, famous rackets detective and ex-magician, has an exciting story of an Easy Money swindle for you. And here he is, that super sleuth who makes an honest living out of fraud, Mike Trent. Thank you, Bill McCord. Some of you may have heard of a particularly daring and difficult type of shoplifting known as the gem switch. This particular swindle started in a small jewelry store on the ground floor of the building where I have my office, the Romner Jewelry Store. How do you do, sir? Something I could do for you? A cruel is my name. I take it you're the... Mr. Romner, the proprietor, yes? Uh, Mr. Romner, I'm interested in buying an unusual ring, something exceptional. A uh, man or ladies mounting? Ladies. I want something extra good. Oh, Mr. Kroll, we have one of the finest assortments of women's rings in the city. Gorgeous gems that defy comparison. I know, but the ring I want must be outstanding. I have the money and, well, I want a ring like no other anywhere else. Mm, <laughs> such rings cost a great deal of money. Oh, I am prepared to pay, oh, let's say, a maximum of $5,000. In such a case, I can really show you something. You'll have to pardon me a minute. Such merchandise we don't keep in the showcases. Yes, I suppose goods like that make ordinary jewelry look rather flat. That's right. I'll be right back. A sure enough customer, Father? I hope so, Sonia. I think maybe he'll buy one of those expensive rings we got on consignment. I've been scared to death having those things in the safe here without more insurance, Dad. Well, nobody knows they're here except us. I think we're safe from gangsters. But, Dad, this customer, do you know anything about him? No, but he looks like a gentleman, and he talked about paying as much as $5,000 for a ring. 
You sure he has that much money? Oh, don't be such a one, Sonia. You don't hold a gun on a man while you're trying to sell him a $5,000 ring. That's no way of doing business. Wait a minute. I think it's in the drawer of this workbench. Now, Sonia, you think I carry a gun in one hand and the ring in the other? You think I insult the man? Of course not. But I'm going to have this revolver handy in my purse. And I'll saunter back out to the front of the store with you. Well, if you do it that way, all right. I guess it couldn't hurt anything. I think I'll show him the Russian ruby first. Yes, it's the most expensive of the lot. We'd make the most money on it. What is more important, it is the finest. Come. Oh, there you are. I thought maybe you'd forgotten me. I had to open the safe. Rings like this can't be traded carelessly. Oh, that's all right. I understand. This is my daughter, Sonia, Mr. Kroll. How do you do? How do you do, Mr. Kroll? I think you'll be thrilled to death with this ring. I know that any woman would be. Well, it's, it's for a very special lady, one who deserves the best there is. Well, let's see it. Oh, Mr. Kroll, before I show you the ring, I want to tell you something about its history. You remember that the jewels of the Tsarina were smuggled out of Russia years ago by the royal family. Oh, yes, yes. It, it seems to me I've heard something of the sort, yes. Among those jewels were two superlative ruby rings made for the Tsarina's nieces. Uh, rubies? Why, I, I thought rubies were rather inexpensive. Oh, perhaps you think of synthetic rubies, Mr. Kroll. No, synthetic rubies are not rare, but... <laughs> well, I don't think I know the difference. Well, real <laughs> rubies can be melted at an extremely high temperature. When a genuine ruby is cut, there are lots of scraps. More scraps than genuine ruby in some cases. Those scraps are melted down and made into synthetic gems. Oh, then a synthetic ruby isn't actually a complete imitation, is it? No. Uh -huh. Many of them are quite beautiful, and they're made of the same basic material as a real ruby. But they don't equal the genuine ruby's beauty. And they are still synthetic, no matter how well they're treated. Well, that's interesting, but let's see this ring. It is known as the twin Russian ruby because it is one of two that are exactly alike. It came from the Imperial Russian collection and is mounted in platinum with craftsmanship that can't be duplicated today at any price. Where the mate to this ring is, nobody knows. Well, the build-up is fine, but let's see the ring. Mr. Crow, prepare to feast your eyes on one of the finest gems of the world. <sighs> that is a beauty. <laughs> uh, do you mind if I, I take it over closer to the window? Oh, I'd like to examine it in a little better light. I'll carry it over for you. There. Natural light deepens the brilliance, doesn't it? Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, it's a splendid gem. Uh, we'll take it back to the counter now, if you don't mind. Well, you're awfully careful of it, aren't you? I'd be careful of anything worth $5,000. Well, Mr. Kroll, interested? Well, I... <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it, it, it's hard to make up my mind. I naturally thought of a diamond and... Well, of course, I don't want to press you, but... But uh, it is a beautiful ring. Yes. Uh, could I examine the mounting a little more closely? It, it doesn't show up much in that deep plush box. Oh, certainly, certainly. Here you are. Father. Please, Sonia. Notice the intricacy of the engraving, Mr. Kroll. Beautiful craftsmanship. Worthy of a very lovely lady, yes. Oh, it, it, it's remarkable. <laughs> but it, it makes your daughter nervous to have me handle it. Here, you'd, you'd better take it back. Oh, it, it's not that I don't trust you, Mr. Kroll. It, it's just that, I well, I... I hope she hasn't offended you. My daughter sometimes acts like she doesn't think I'm capable of taking care of myself. Oh, that's all right. I'm sure you understand, Mr. Kroll. 
Uh, we don't own that ring. We have it on consignment from a wholesale jewelry house. Sonia. It's a terrible responsibility. If anything should happen to it, well, we'd have to make up the loss. Well, I, I didn't realize I looked Sonia, like... Sonia, go on back and finish polishing the silver. <laughs> I want to apologize, Mr. Corolla. I oh, hope forget she... forget it. It's only that... Well, I'm not accustomed to being regarded as a suspicious character, particularly when I want to make a substantial purchase. I'm sorry. For buying this ring, Mr. Kroll, that would not be making any mistake. You say the price is $5,000? Yes. Well, I'll have to ask Catherine how she feels about a ruby. I'm sure she's expecting a diamond. Oh, maybe you'd like to bring the young lady in to see the ring. If she doesn't like it, we can show her the diamond. That's a splendid idea. I'll bring her in tomorrow. Uh, maybe I'll send her in alone. That way, Catherine wouldn't feel I was trying to influence her choice. Fine. We'll be expecting her. Well, I'll have to be running along. Thanks for your trouble, and I think we'll be able to make a deal. Goodbye, then. Goodbye. We'll be looking for her. All right. Go ahead and say it. Someday, young lady, you're going to spoil a sale for me. I don't care. I didn't like his look. When a man wants to spend $5,000 with us, does he have to look like Clark Gable? He was all right. I still think there was something funny about like him. Like what? He came in to find out what the ring looks like. Tomorrow, he'll send in the girl, his, his maul, with a cheap paste imitation of the twin Russian rubies. She'll switch rings and skip out with the real one. Too many detective stories you've been reading. It's ridiculous. What's so ridiculous about it? You think there'd be anything funny about having a $5,000 ring stolen from us? In the first place, nobody could make a passable paste imitation of that ring, particularly from memory. Even you would be able to spot it. <laughs> well, oh, I guess that's right, Danham. I I'm just jittery. This thing is worth so much money. Isn't and... it a beauty? It'll make, uh, what was her name? Catherine. Uh, Catherine. Very happy. All right. Back into the safe you go. <laughs> but I hope not for long. Hi, Robert. How's business? Glad to see you. Oh, Mr. Morris, a sight for sore eyes you are. Sonia, oh. Sonia, Mr. Morris from the jewelry house is here. I'll be right there, Dad. Nice girl you got there, Romna. Sonia, yes. I'm certainly glad you came, Morris. I was hoping you'd get around. Say you don't mean to say you want to place a big order. Oh, no. It, <laughs> it's that consignment of rare jewels. It's been driving us crazy. Oh, the consignment. Hey, that's really why I came, Romna. Oh, that was nice of you. Well... How do you do, Mr. Morris? How are you? I hope you're going to take back that consignment of treasure. Huh? Why so anxious to get rid of it? I got customers be tickled to death to have stuff like that around. The responsibility's too much for us. Oh. Well, there's just one thing. The real reason I came. I've been holding my breath, waiting to find out. Now, let me hold on to the counter before I ask. Did you sell the twin Russian ruby? Well, we almost made a sale on it. The man was interested. But he didn't buy? Not yet. Oh, boy, is that a relief. Wow. Relief? Oh, I, I thought you wanted to sell that jewel. Not that one, baby. I guess this is my lucky day. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. A secret? I don't see what secret there could be about... Mr. Romner, I own the other twin Russian ruby. Me. Not the company, but me. What? I thought nobody... I know. That's what everybody thought. And get this. Not even the company knows about the other one. I picked it up myself. Well, what will you do with it? Do with it? Do you realize what this means? Alone, the rings are worth about 5,000 bucks apiece. Together, they're worth a king's ransom. 
Yes, that I can see. I took a plane out here. I've been gone half nuts, wondering if maybe you'd sold the other one so I'd have to pay somebody through the nose for it. And I didn't dare write a phone. Why not? Are you kidding? You think I'd let the company get wind of it? That'd ruin everything. They'd say I bought this other twin Ruby as their employee instead of for myself. That'd be a lot of complications. Oh, yes, yes, I suppose so. And folks, this is your lucky day, too. Ours? But I don't see how. Mr. Romner, I'm going to buy the other twin Russian Ruby from you at the retail price. You make out a bill of sale of me with my name on it. You turn in the rest of the rings to me as representative of the company and give me 3,800 bucks the wholesale price of the twin ruby. Then the company won't have any beef. But do you think that would be honest? Honest? You're giving them their price, aren't you? What's dishonest about making a straight sale? I could send somebody else in to buy it for me. But that isn't the way I do business. Everything above board. The company gets its price. You get your profit. I get the ring. We wouldn't be doing anything wrong, Dad. Maybe not, but... uh... Well, maybe not. It'll give you a 1,200-buck profit. Now, that should be worth the worry of having that consignment around, huh? I guess so. A worry like that, I can stand more often. Oh, fine. Now, bring me the other twin ruby, quick. I can hardly wait to get my mitts on it. It'll just take a minute. I'll be right back. It's a wonderful arrangement, Mr. Morris. The company makes its profit, we make ours, and you'll make a fortune. Everybody comes out of here. Oh, be nice if all business turned out that way, eh? I should say so. Uh, here you are, Mr. Morris. Uh, do you want to give me a check or cash? Check, of course. Uh-huh. And it's good, don't worry. Now, let's take a look at the ring. Here you are. Yeah, I'll step over here to the window. I've been afraid to let it out of my hands. So much money. I can't say I blame you. It's a... hey, hey, what are you trying to pull, Ronda? What do you mean? You'll never get away with it. Get away with what? Holding out on me. I offered you a fair proposition. Mighty fair. Uh, what are you saying? You know what I'm talking about, all right? Now, come on. Where have you ditched the real twin ruby? The, the real twin ruby? You, you mean I that... mean this cheap paste imitation wouldn't fool a school kid. Not anybody, let alone me. Now, let's have the real one and no funny business. Jokes like that scare me. Let me see it. Don't act so innocent, Romner. Here. All right, not the twin ruby. Oh, father. Surprise, all right, all right. You can't understand it, so now find the real one. M- M- Mr. Morris, something terrible has happened. You're not kidding, Romner. Now hurry up and get that ring. I don't joke. This is the only one I have. Now look, Romner, I'm being patient. I made what I thought was a nice, fair offer. Maybe you think you can shake me down for a cut on a set of twin rubies. Well, you can't. But I don't know anything about it. I don't know where this fake came from. If I... you're trying to fool me... I'm not. I'm... What are we going to do? Who had a chance to steal the ring and leave that imitation? Nobody. Nobody touched it. But, but Dad, you forget. Huh? That man, that, that Mr. Kroll, he looked it over. Oh, but he just had it in his hands for a few seconds and right under our noses. I was practically burning holes into his hands with my eyes while he held it. He couldn't have switched it. What can we do? I don't know. All I can say is you're in a spot, a $3,800 spot. And me all set to make thousands of dollars. I'll make good to your company. I'll make good. $3,800. A little time, That maybe. wouldn't be so good either. Uh, I'll tell you what. You can have my twin ruby for 3500 That way the company wouldn't know what had happened. Sonia, where, where are you going? Come back here. I will, Dad, later. I'm going out to see a man about a ring. A man named Mike Trent. 
It has to be Mr. Crow. Nobody else ever had a chance to switch the ring for a fake, Mr. Trent. I see. Uh, tell me this, Miss Romner. Was the imitation a good one? Accurate, but not too good. I realized something was wrong the minute Mr. Morris opened the jewel case. Mm -hmm. It was a synthetic ruby. Not cut quite like the real one. Oh, the setting was close, though. I see. I don't suppose you know where to reach this, Mr. Uh, Kroll? No. He said he was staying at a hotel. You see, there wasn't any reason to check up on him until it got down to where we were actually going to make a sale. No, of course not. Do you think you can find him, Mr. Trent? Dad's taking all this terribly hard. Mm. Well, I tell you what, I'm, uh, I'm going to be pretty busy for a while, so why don't you look for him? Well, I I'll have not... my assistant, Patsy Ryan, help you. There's nothing to it, really. Uh, you and Patsy check all the hotels and find out if they've had anyone by the name of Kroll registered lately. I'll be pretty busy. But you aren't going to look for him yourself? Oh, don't worry, Miss Romney. I'll be working on your case. Now, the first thing I have to do is see Laurie Ireland. Ireland? Mm -hmm. Who's he? Oh, he's the fellow who makes all my magic gimmicks. The uh, gadgets I use in my tricks. Tricks? Mm. Oh, well, really, Mr. Trent, this is mighty serious to my father but and myself. But it's serious to me, too, believe me. I'm going to have Laurie make me something to use in this case. Oh, a, a trick gadget? I can't imagine Well, okay, I... okay, I'll tell you. But don't you tell anyone else. It's a third hand. Did you say a third hand? Mm -hmm, that's exactly what I said, Miss Romner, a third hand, and I'm not crazy. Oh, uh, but remember. Remember what? Don't tell anyone about it. Not even your father. Hello, Mike Trent speaking. Mike, this is Patsy. Hi. Look, we found him, believe it or not. Mr. Crow, the gem thief, I mean. Good. He's staying at the Arlington Arms Hotel. Well, that's great, Patsy. Thanks. Now, uh, should I have him arrested right away? I should say not, Patsy. But, Michael, he might get away. Well, I'll take my chances on that. Now, look, you and Miss Romner go to her dad's jewelry store right now and get the fake ring, case and all. Tell Mr. Romner and the salesman I want to examine it. Well, all right. And remember, Patsy, I want the whole business, case and all. Goodbye. Oh, Michael, thank heaven you finally got here to the hotel. Miss Romney and I have been scared to death that Crow would get away. Yo, uh, do you have the ring in the case? Yes, yes. Here. Fine, fine. You sure Crow's in? Oh, yes, we checked. He's in his room, all right. Good. Michael, mm. do you have a gun with you? A gun? Now, why would I want a gun? Because this Crow might be a desperate character. Patsy, if he isn't a crook, I won't need a gun. And if he is, I'll use my third hand. Your what? <sighs> Nobody seems to believe me. I said third hand. Oh, Michael, really? All right, all right, never mind. Come on, let's go up to his room. M Michael, mm? what are you going to do? Well, that all depends, Patsy. Come on. Who's that? Messenger from the Romner Jewelry Store. Now, look, you two stay out here until I call for you. Mm, all right. Now, what do you want? I, I, I uh, understand you're in the market for some high-class jewelry. Nice room you have here, Mr. Kroll. Now, what's the meaning of this? You said that... that... I'm a messenger from the jewelry store? I am. How about a nice Russian ruby ring? Oh, that. No, no, I, I talked to the girl, and well, I, I'm not interested. Not even at a bargain? No, not even at a bargain. Well, that's odd, isn't it? A few days ago, you were willing to consider paying $5,000 for a ring, and today you're not interested. The lady isn't interested. She doesn't care for rubies. Oh, so that's the story, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not bad. But, uh, I think you'd better come along to the jewelry store with me. What? Now, come on. 
I don't think so. Well, guess again, Crawl. Now, you've got a lot of nerve trying I'm to... not trying anything, pal. I'm doing it. Well, I never heard of such oh, a... Oh, no? Did you ever hear of a twin Russian ruby ring mysteriously disappearing? Why, why no. I, I don't know a thing about it. Now, see here. Are you accusing me of stealing a ring? Patsy. Yes, Mike? Did I accuse anybody of anything? Now, what's the idea? There was this girl and... Oh. Yes. I thought you'd remember me, Mr. Crow. Yeah, you were planning to hang something on me when I was in your store, weren't you? Acting so nervous and suspicious. You better come along, Crow. Yeah, no, thanks. Well, now, get out, all of you. Now, look, I've tried to be nice about this, Crow. Either you come with me or I'll have to send for an officer to book you on suspicion. Yeah, you wouldn't dare. Oh, you'd be surprised what I'd dare. Now, either you come peaceably or we'll have a lot of trouble. Now, how about it? Well, I, I believe you're serious. Oh, Michael is one of the most serious people you ever met. Thank you, Betsy. Well, how about it? Do I call the police? Well, I, I'll go with you, but you're going to regret this, believe me. There he is, Mr. Morris. That's the man. He's the one who stole my ring. Hold him while I call the police. All right, all right. Calm down, Mr. Romner. Now, look here. I'll take a right, lot, Getting but excited won't help you any either. Now, keep calm. Huh? Now, who are you, mister? And who's this girl? I am Patsy Ryan, Mr. Trent's assistant. Miss Romner and I tracked down this man. Trent, who are you, mister? Who, me? Oh, uh, I'm a jewelry expert. Miss Romner engaged to help trace a crook on this case. Uh, she brought me a ring to examine. I have it right here. Oh, that. Not much to look at. It's a fake. A fake? Well, I'm afraid not, Mr. Morris. I have it here just as Miss Romner brought it to me, and I'd stake my professional reputation that her ruby is genuine. Uh, genuine synthetic ruby, yes. The ring that's gone is a real ruby, one of the finest there is. It's worth 5,000 bucks. Mr. Morris has the other real one. If you'll compare the two, Mr. Trent, you'll see the difference in a second. This this man Kroll stole my ring. Uh, careful, careful, Ron. Uh, call me a thief, will you? Now, why You're I... nothing. I'll have you in jail before the day's over, you Kroll. All right, Mr. Romner, let's be realistic about this. Can you prove that Mr. Kroll stole your ring? Prove it? Of course I can prove it. The real ring there, he handled it and then it was gone. What proof do you need? Did you see him take it? Well, no, of course not, well, then but... you see, you haven't a shred of evidence. You can't make statements about people being thieves without some evidence to back it up. It looks but... like you're stuck, Romner, but you can still cut your loss by 300 bucks by buying my ring and turning it into the company. Mr. Trent, mm -hmm. should we buy Mr. Morris's ruby? Well, now, how could I give advice on that? I haven't even seen his ring. I don't even know if it's as good as the one you already have. It's plenty good, all right. Just take a look at it, and then look at that piece of cheese in Romner's box. Here. That's fair enough. Mm -hmm. Mr. Romner, I'd say just offhand that the ring you already have is far superior to this one. This ring of Morris's looks like a cheap paste imitation to me. All right, now don't be oh. funny, mister. Now give me that ring. Certainly take it. I wouldn't have it as a gift. It's strictly a phony. Well, uh, let me see it. You're right. It, it is an imitation, just like the one I have. Oh, good heavens, that leaves me worse off than ever. Well, don't belittle your own merchandise, Romna. My opinion is that your ring is the real thing. Here, take a look for yourself. The, the twin Russian ruby, the real one, it is. It, it wasn't a fake at all, but... Hey, let me take a look. Get your hands away from that jewel case, Morris, and keep them away. I've got you covered. But there must be some mistake. You can't do this to me. I'll... You won't do a thing. And particularly, you won't exercise that uh, third hand anymore. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. Feel his right arm, Ron. Oh, no, uh, you don't. Now, get away from me. Uh, uh, I'll get away. There's something that, that, that feels uh, like, like metal. Take his coat off. Oh, you be uh, sorry. But, Mr. Kane, get away with We can do quite that. a bit. Get that coat uh, off him, Ron. Uh, as fast as I can. Yes, but he... No, no, you don't. Stop. Stop or I'll shoot. I... Well, all right. 
You got nothing on me. You're going to get that coat off if I have to rip it off. Crow, give me a hand here. There. What? Why, that harness arrangement on his right arm. Michael, what is it? That, Patsy, is a third hand, commonly known as a sleeve holdout. It's a device used only by inferior magicians. Trickers who don't have the ability to switch articles by sleight of hand. Lori Ireland thought I'd gone crazy when I ordered one today. You ordered one, Mr. Trent? Oh, yes, I remember. You sure, I'm wearing it, too. I wanted to play Morris's own game with him. Then you knew all along that it was Morris? No, no, not, not all along. At first glance, it seemed only one person had a chance to switch rings, and that was Kroll. But even then, Kroll couldn't have been working alone. Well, I don't see why not. Well, Patsy, that duplicate ring. Whoever switched rings had to leave what the uh, advertisers call a reasonable facsimile. And Kroll could only have done that by getting a fake ring from the source where you got the real one, or by working with that source. Now, the wholesale jewelry house is a reputable firm, so if Kroll were in on the swindle, he had to be in with Morris. Then I was right. Kroll's guilty, too. Uh, not at all. Morris was the only one who had a chance to have a duplicate made because he had the ring originally. But I don't see how you... Now, look, you... that story about the twin Russian rubies seemed a little on the weird side to me, so I asked myself where it first came from. Mr. Morris told me about it when he left the consignment of rare rings. That's right. But, you see, there were never really two rings. Just one. Morris planned all along to steal that ring from you and sell it back to you. But, uh, uh Kroll, uh, how about him? Well, you can't call a man a criminal because he wants to buy a ring for his girlfriend. After Patsy called, I checked his record. He's completely reputable and honest. Oh, yeah. My apologies, Mr. Kroll. I, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Well, that's all right, okay. Romner. Yeah, but, Trent, mm -hmm. how did the real ruby get back into Romner's jewel case? I was watching and it. And there I... was nothing to see? Here, I'll show you. Well, help me off with my coat, would you? Thank you. Now, the fake ring was not in the jewel case at all when I came into the store. It was in this third-hand holdout, hanging on this little clip. You see? Yes. All right, now watch. I'll hold the good one in my fingers, so... I press my elbow slightly against my side. Oh, uh, you wouldn't hear that noise if I had my coat on. But did you see it? Michael, that's amazing. That's the fastest thing I ever saw. The fake ring came into your hand and the real one went onto the clip. Right, Patty. But, but the, 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 the real ring, I still don't see how you got it back into the jewel case. Well, once I got it from Morris after switching him the fake, all I had to do was squeeze the third hand and the good ring came into my palm. When I opened Mr. Romner's jewel case, I put the real one in. Well, I'll be done. Say, you know something? I've got a hunch that Ruby, the real one, might be good luck for me. You mean you want to buy it? Well, Catherine and I had a little quarrel a few days ago, and it wasn't true what I said about her not liking rubies. If she saw that ring and heard the story, I bet she'd be very willing to make up again. Oh, she would if she's human. You, you mean you do want to buy it? Yes, I think I will, but I want to be sure to get the real one. Oh, <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll get the real one all right. Morris isn't going to be in a position to make any more... Uh, Gem switches. You got nothing on me, wise guy. I ain't stolen anything and I haven't accepted any money. Guess again, pal. You had the ring in your possession. The same law applies to you that takes care of a shoplifter. Recovery of the merchandise doesn't cancel the crime. Oh, uh, of course, you have one consolation. I'd like to know what. Well, where he's going, Patsy, he won't have to worry about making easy money. His expenses are going to be all paid for by the state. Now, a last word from the ex-magician turned rackets detective, Mike Trent. Thank you. 
I hope you all enjoyed tonight's story. The sleeve holdout, or third hand, is a useful device to shoplifters, so be on the lookout for it, huh? Next week, I'm going to have a story about an amazing card game. A sociable blackjack game that turned out to be anything but sociable. I hope you'll be around to hear it, same time, same station. Until then, this is Mike Trent signing off with the thought that people who go after easy money usually end up getting hard knocks. Remember, there's no such thing as easy money. You have just heard another program in NBC's new series, Easy Money, transcribed to expose the inside secrets of gamblers, racketeers, and con men. Starred in the role of Mike Trent, ex-magician turned racket detective, is Larry Haynes. Also featured in tonight's cast were Joan Allison, Melba Ray, Greg Morton, and Roger DeCoven. Be sure to listen for Easy Money again next week when Mike Trent gives you the lowdown on the blackjack racket. Same time, same station. This is Bill McCord. Join your favorite couple, Fibber McGee and Molly, tonight on the NBC Radio Network. Welcome back. Well, they did a great job uh, making this uh, come to life because uh, in many things what, what uh, Trent was showing was very much uh, visual, but uh, they did a good job, and I like the style of the show. I'm a fan of uh, Racket Squad on television because it's a it's an enjoyable series and very interesting but uh larry haynes does such a good job of playing mike trent with such uh pizzazz really it's uh just a joy to listen to i'm sorry there just aren't more episodes of this series but at any rate we'll have another one for you next week and, of course, tomorrow we have The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>